Hello, and welcome back to the CDCR Unlocked podcast. This is the podcast for the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. My name is Chrissy Hohobashvili, and I am so excited to be on location at Valley State Prison. I am actually sitting in the visiting room right now um, with three very amazing people who are going to talk to us about all of the wonderful things that are happening at Valley State Prison. Um, And as Jeff Bauer, our producer, as we were walking in today, um, someone said, there's no place like Valley, and it's 100% 100 true, and I think we're going to learn why today. Um, So for starters, I'm going to have everyone just briefly introduce yourself, um, starting with uh, Ms. Alva. Hi, I'm Liz Alva. I'm the CC2 uh, YLP coordinator here at Valley State. Hi, my name is Rolfo Carmona. Everybody calls me Rudy. I am a YLP a group, a lead, uh, lead group facilitator. Hi, everybody. My name is Clarence Kilbert, and I'm a YLP mentor facilitator. Okay, so my first question I'm going to throw to uh, Miss Alva. In a nutshell, what is YLP? In a nutshell, the YLP's uh, Youth Offender Program. Here we call it the York, the Youth Offender Rehabilitative Community, and it's where we have almost 500 youth offenders and 220 mentors. The, the mentors come from all walks of life and um, different backgrounds, and they mentor the youth offenders into a bright new future, and so that way they can integrate back in society as rehabilitated men. Did she describe it right, guys? Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes she did pretty, pretty good. Nutshell. <laughs> yeah. I know, and that's why I said it. We could talk, you know, all day about the difference between you know, a, a someone who fits the, the youth offender um, and then what a mentor is. But could you, um, uh, both of you or either of you, explain what is the what is the mentor role? Because you are, I'm sorry, I, I hope this is not insulting, but we're not, I'm not looking at two very young men right now. Um, looking at, I'm looking at grownups. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at grownups. Um, what is your role when it comes to the YOP? Um, our role is to, uh, to guide the mentee um, in MI, there, there's following uh, a motivational interviewing. There's following style and a directing style, and you have to have. It's taught to have the the style of both, because sometimes you have to direct and sometimes you have to follow. And, but our our job is to just guide the mentees. We're not here to be their bodyguards. We're not here to police the mentees. We're just here to guide them and give them the tools necessary to get them home. That and hope that they learn something along the way. If we can plant a seed in them and water it and nurture it, or or blow the air on the coal that gives it gives it the glow that for, for change, then we've done our job. So we just guide them and hope that they learn something along the way and give them the, 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 the lessons that we, we didn't get coming in uh, to CDC. So for example, say, I guess, I guess not me, because we're here at Valley State Prison, but uh, say Jeff uh, newly arrives at, at Valley and he's going to be part of the Youth Offender Rehabilitative Community. What, what, how do you welcome him? What, what happens? So one of the things that we do, right, uh, we have a welcome committee in the buildings, right? So it consists of two mentors and four YLPs. So as he comes in, we'll take the opportunity to actually assess him, introduce ourselves, talk to him. And I'll just basically explain to him everything there is about the YLP, the expectations, the code of conduct, the agreement behind it, and what he's going to be experiencing here as far as groups, the classes, uh, the different types of uh, resources that you have in here, right? And nevertheless, be able to uh, based on the assessment, be able to pair them up with a, a right mentor, somebody that will continue on with uh, the goals and, and, and uh, the ideas that he has to continue on in this place. The most important thing is, uh, is the engagement part because, you know, they come here from different institutions and they, they, some have uh, false 
false uh, uh, sense of what this program is because of others who are other institutions where the program didn't work out for them so successfully. So they come here and that's so important to have a welcoming committee and a building lead who's going to engage them and, and help them uh, create an atmosphere of safety for them, letting them know what to expect, introducing them to people to make them feel comfortable and, and embracing him. So therefore, the stuff that he may have rolling around in his head is like, oh, this is nothing like how I thought it was going to be based on what other people told me. So they get a different perspective of the program. And once they know what to expect out of the program, it, it, it helps them adjust well. One of the, one of the uh, things that I do actually to address that issue is, so what have you learned about the WAPRIP? What do you know? And then I hear what you know, their expectations, their belief, and I say, okay, well, let me explain what, ain't, what isn't. And then I could, if they have any questions, then I'll go ahead and start from the end. Like you said, that's the engagement part. So I will be able, to, be able to assess them from that point on. So you're greeted right away by credible mentors who can really kind of dispel any rumors, et cetera. Um, what are some of those rumors or preconceived notions, I guess I should say, that people you know, come in with that you're most often having to say, no, it's not like that. We, we do this. Well, one of the main things that they always tell me is right away the rack credits, right? The rack hours, the, the programs, or I hear over here basically is like this, uh, more or less like Disneyland. They were telling me it's nice right here. They tell me this at a reception center, right? So they come either with the misconception of how much time they have off, they're going to be getting off. And the other thing is as far as the, the environment. The sitting behind this place. Now, nevertheless, once they come in here, they, they walk from R&R &R all the way to, to the buildings, they're amazed. They're like, they don't see no gun towers. They don't see everything around here, right? They're like, this is not what I thought, right? So right off the bat, their perception is changed from that moment on. So we have them at the prime right there, you know, tell them, okay, this is what it is and this is what it's not. And they get their tablet, right? Oh, yes. So they get really excited about the tablet. <laughs> yes. And when they um, get here the first 14 days, they go to committee and then we put them on the seeking safety and the club curriculum. And these gentlemen teach the classes. And so they actually get taught by their peers. Now in the seeking safety, the clinicians teach the courses. So they, it's a trauma-informed classes. So they go through this awesome curriculum. And um, you know, I think the secret here is the uh, success is, is not only the mentors, but the staff. That's Absolutely. how we all exactly. communicate. We yes. call it a community. Mm -hmm. That's what makes it different than any other prison. Absolutely, because uh, we have resource officers here that are strictly assigned to the YOP, uh, and they help a lot with getting guys a group, getting them to and from group, um, in involving themselves with the new YOPs. They come to the buildings, they do the, the, the checks, they do all the paperwork, and so it, it's, a, it's, it's a great bridge builder between, you know, not only YOP and staff, but inmates and, and staff as well. You know, some of these, some of these uh, young men come in here and they, they have, you know, because this place is different from any other. So uh, that sometimes they, they come with the notes, oh, these guys, oh, this, oh, this, this, they talk negative. And then when they're like, like they said, when they see it, they're like, oh, okay, I got a tablet. Okay, I'm walking around. Okay, I'm in group. Okay. So it just totally changes what they, they thought that it was. Even even walking in, we walked by horses on the yard <laughs> yeah, <that is laughs> when we yeah, walked in. Yeah. Um, and 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 also, just like you were saying with the staff, it is um, there is a, a very specific community culture here. We Jeff and I probably got helped by everyone that we <laughs> ran across, um, even if it wasn't their job to help us. Yeah. They came over and helped us. And going out and seeing the horses um, looks like that's all staff today. That it's you know it's. Um, they're, they're going out there to see what the program's about. And it's oh, just absolutely. really cool. We, we definitely, um, when staff arrive here, we had 26 new 
officers yesterday. I went up there and we welcomed them. We talked to them. They said, like um, other prisons, you might walk in, you're brand new, no one says hi, no one greets you, you just hit the gate, do your eight. But here it's different. I think here we just, we make it happen. Um, I'm on my 25th year. And sometimes it feels like my first day at school. So these guys, they make it easy for me because they do a great job and we communicate. And the yes. youth defenders, they get really excited when we have events. And I, because it becomes a safer environment yes. for everyone, then prison's not the old prison. It's this new culture that we've created here, um, a new environment. So, um, and it's a lot safer. Yes. And, and I know these guys, they take time coming from maybe a level four yeah. and then coming down to a level three because we have overrides here. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we have, uh, you know, over 100 level threes here right. walking around and they're pretty amazed. Right. They are. Yeah, yes, they are. They're like, wow, I've never been like in the key thing, you know, gun towers, tears, you know, it's, it's a different feel. It's just different. You see the horses you got. We have a dog program here. So you see the dogs on the yard. Dog so it's park. like, wow, the dog park. <laughs> right. And then so you just barbecues, barbecues, right? You see a big park out here that looks yeah. like a community park on the street yeah. out here. So it's just like, wow, they're just amazed. The uh, microwaves in, in the day room. You know, you have uh, mm -hmm. uh, absolutely motherfucking even laptops because yeah. being part of the Wild P program too. Wild P's come in and are able right. to and have access to that. So just overall around this, start seeing you know, their perception of prison is not right. It, it changes everything, right? So that's a perfect, perfect place actually to start. You know, mentoring them, guiding them in the right direction. Now. I know there's there's all the the amazing things you know the horses the tablets the laptops um, and I think you had said earlier it's not Disneyland and I'll and I'll back you up I know there's a lot of hard work going on here yes. can um, someone share uh, Miss Alva or or the gentleman here what types of programs are people doing in YOP I mean I know it's like wake up to sundown you're working on yourself so if you could speak to that a little bit. Um, Oh, yeah, well, as far as the wild people, right, the work, as far as the curriculum, what Ms. Alva just basically explained, it is. It's, it's a, uh, basically a compilation of, of uh, different curriculums put together. So club is basically uh, a core module, right? It's four, four modules in there, and it's based on 52 weeks. It's one uh, se uh, session every week. So basically it covers four, four aspects of it, right? So it's the uh, introduction to rehabilitation. They, it go, then it goes into uh, CBT, cognitive behavior therapy. Then they talk about anger management, denial management, relationships, boundaries. Then it goes into um, criminal thinking. It goes into gang awareness and prevention uh, and ways of addressing the lifestyle of addiction. Then it goes into uh, ma uh, time management uh, and money management, the education part as well. So setting goals, life goals. And the last one is the victim's impact. You start seeing ways that you can start making amends, leaving amends, making better relationships with everything that you, that you build on. So all the work from like a lot of mentors that put the curriculum together, the mentorship training that also uh, teaches a lot of the mentors on how to engage, like what Kilbert just discussed right now, and be able to address the, the needs of the mentee, you know, which number one rule is non-maleficence. You do no harm to the mentee. That's the main thing, right? So regardless of always looking at him, uh, the mentee, always, always put him first. And the needs, you know, and we work together. Yeah. And I said, hey, you know, I don't understand this part. Hey, what do you think about it? And this network, 
it's all the work that comes behind everything, the full support, like Ms. Alva just, just explained, Kilver said, all of us put together, that helps. Because when this program first started, um, there was no, it, everything was kind of done on the fly. You know, we didn't have a, a curriculum. We had curriculum, we had gang awareness and prevention, we had CBT, we had uh, aftercare, Money Smart, we had programs for the youth, but as far as the mentors were concerned, it was kind of, you, you, just, you just try to reach them in the best way you know how, and it, all, and it didn't work out so much sometimes. And that's why this curriculum was created that myself and Orozco, who, uh, my, my counterpart who couldn't, who, oh, who just showed up right now. Well, um, we teach. We <laughs> we'll, teach we'll make it work. Okay. Yep. We, we teach the, uh, the mentors to give them skills on how to reach them on a better level. Cause like Rudy said, you know, you have to put the mentee first and showing non-maleficence, autonomy, that's right. you know, uh, affirmations. These are things that are vital in, in the mentee's growth. And so uh, it's, give, it's given to other mentors coming here to join our program. The Alva selected from other prisons or just happen to get transferred here and want to be a part of the program. Skill, a skill set that is, is needed to, to able to reach the youth better. Yes. So we did start the program in 2017. And this um, YLP program just started growing and growing legs and arms. So we started adding <laughs> the junior mentor program, the YPMP, which yeah. is... Uh, I mean, super valuable. We love it. It has so much um, just meat and potatoes to it because what it does is it gives these guys special skills and a certification to train the others and help in the community. Um, and so that's something new that the guys are really interested in. They also have to put in 500 hours of internship. Yes, they do. And uh, three weeks of mentor training. And with that 500 hours of internship, um, once they complete that, they actually get six college units to Fresno Pacific. So we're really proud of our mentor program. And uh, Counselor Hernandez and I, we've put a lot of, you know, blood, sweat, and tears in this program, but it it doesn't go unnoticed without all the staff that's involved. Yes. Um, and I see here we have Mr. Orozco here, who used to be, Mr. Orozco used to be one <laughs> yes. of our uh, mentees. <clears throat> yeah, he's, was. And now he's become a mentor for several years. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah. yes. So, Please introduce yourself. <laughs> so my name is Orozco. Sorry I'm late. Uh, no, no so problem. Um, what I miss so far, I mean... Uh, um, we were just talking about um, really an overview of what what the YOP, the, the York is, okay. and what makes Valley different. Um, even just walking in, you know, the horses, the, <laughs> the every, everything that's going on. So what's what's a little bit so of first your of all, background? I mean, for me, it starts with obviously Miss Alba, right, for believing in us and uh, uh, for starting this program the way she did. Uh, so as she said, right, I came here, I was 25 years old. Uh, I came in as a, uh, I had just aged out, right, but I was 25. Uh, I went to committee, talked to her, she believed in me, saw something in me. And so she uh, made me a mentor. Uh, later on, became a lead mentor, right? Or obviously a CR. Uh, and now I, I started facilitating club groups, right? With me, Kilbert, and also Carmona, who currently still does, right? And uh, so now we do the, me and Kilbert do the mentor training. I mean, so we do that every day. Uh, it's two new positions that she created, right? First in the state. So uh, we do that five days a week. I mean, uh, in the morning and at night as well. Tell us what club stands for. Changing lives through understanding beliefs. So. What we do is uh, the curriculum is designed to help challenge a lot of the beliefs that these YLPs have that are destructive, right? So those beliefs uh, dictate how they act or how they think they're supposed to act in certain situations, right? So the, the curriculum targets that to help them give them better choices and more options. So to help them uh, uh, get better perspectives. What made you, I mean, this is a question for all three of you. Okay. Why did you want to become a mentor? It sounds very rewarding, but it sounds like a lot of work 
um, and emotional labor and I mean, you're, I don't want to say you're taking on the role of a parent. You're not, but you're no. a counselor, a mentor, you know, that's, that's a lot. What, why did you want to sign up for that? Well, so one of the, for me, it was something very, very personal. And the reason behind that is because when I came in, when I was 16 years old when I came to prison. So I always, I left my sons out there, right? I have a son and two daughters. So throughout my incarceration, I've always uh, trying to seek a relationship with them, trying to get close to them, you know, trying to do everything I can. I even have my mom, you know, would three-way me, you know, to my son, you know what I mean? Or, you know, just basically, you know, seek that relationship, right? So throughout the years, you know, I noticed the distance between me and my son, right? So uh, as time went on, you know, I was asking him, like, wondering, like, hey, man, what can I do? How can I make this relationship better, right? So one time when I talked to my son, uh, he was crying. You know, I hear him, I hear him crying, and he's fighting back the uh, the tears as well, right? I said, what's going on, mijo? He goes, oh, well, my godfather died. I, keep in mind, I didn't know he had a godfather. I, don't, I didn't know who this person was. Godfather, what happened? So this guy, he's telling me, this guy been every baseball game of mine. This guy is taking me, you know, I'm in camping. He's taking me this night twice. You know, he starts telling me about this guy and what he has done. Man, right at the moment, it's like, man, I, I first of all, I never seen that side of my son. He opened it up and talked to me, right? Second of all, he's telling me how this great man did all these great things for him. And at the moment, I realized, you know, how the man impacted my son's life, right? And not, not just my son's life, but my life, because I wanted to be just like that. I wanted to be that man, right? So from that point on, my perception changed every time I look at, some, at a youth offender, at somebody my son's age. So I realized that that man taught me a very good lesson that I know I cannot be there for my son, right? I can, but somebody was there for him. And then now I look around here, and I know that there's many fathers that wish they could be a father or something, but that's, a, that's the predicament I'm here, and I think it's all for the opportunity that I could be here for somebody's, yeah. somebody's son, and that is the reason why I became a mentor. Wow. For, for myself, uh, I came to this prison in 2018, and uh, one of her first uh, uh, people she hired was a, a guy named uh, Broadnax, uh, who I knew. I knew uh, we're, I came to prison when I was 18, and so um, he was one of the guys I knew from, from prison. We were both kids, and then uh, he brought me to Miss Alva, and like Orozco said, it was something that she believed in me. And uh, she was the first person in CDCR who believed in me. And, I, and for her to hire me just on the spot, well, I leapfrogged a thousand other people that were worthy, who'd been in the program and been working, and who were definitely worthy of, of getting the position she gave it to me. And so although I was very thankful and blessed because I've always wanted to be a part of the youth because I lived it, I know it, I've been there from, from a kid till now, and I have children, and like uh, Rudy said, you know, I, that I was never there for, for mine because I was too in the streets too much, and so, um, you know, being, a, being able to be a part of the solution and stop being a part of the problem was everything. It always starts with the youth. And so um, that's something I've always wanted to get involved in. And she hired me, and I couldn't tell you how much it, it did for me. And um, being able to give something back, well, I wasn't able to do it for my, my own kids. And so mentoring the youth and actually seeing them change and seeing that these youth are good kids. They just been had traumatic, they just had traumatic lives and things happened to them to make them who they are. And so, um, you know, to, to undo all that and really see the growth and development of them and watch them change and get out of here and be successful is just, it, it's, it's hard to put into words. It really is. It's not an easy job by any stretch of the imagination. It's hard because a lot of these kids have a lot of trauma and they're shut down. And so it's hard to reach them. And the unfortunate side is, we, you know, sometimes there may be a mentor in a program who isn't, the skill set isn't there yet. 
And so it gives them a bad image and they talk and then the next thing you know, it makes it hard. It makes our jobs a little bit harder, but it, it works. You know, the success rate of the YLP program is way higher than the, the failure rate. And so, you know, like I said, I can't say enough for what she's done for me in my life and, and believing in me and always giving me an opportunity to, to mentor to youth to make them better. That's right. How about you? And so for me, I have no kids yet, but um, I came in as a kid. Right. So I came in when I was 17 years old. I mean, so for me, like uh, <clears throat> when I came into prison, there was no positive role models. Right. It was always how to make a knife, how to do this. How to, it was it was negative. Right. So um, I didn't have that. Right. So for me, in a sense, I like as well. Peas. Right. I see a reflection of myself in them right? because at one point I was them. I mean, so that empathy is what makes me like, you know what, man, I'm going to help you. Right. So for me, that, that's the passion behind that. I mean, it's like it's like I want to give them something that wasn't given to me. I mean, obviously, again, thanks to Ms. Alva for, for believing in all of us, right? And we are all just part of this well-oiled machine. I mean, yeah. but uh, for me, I just want to be something positive for them. I mean, to help them in their lives, uh, because again, that's something that I didn't have. And I'm sure that's something that they didn't have. I mean, so uh, for me, that's where my passion is at. And I mean, it's something that when, even when I go home, I want to continue down the streets to work with kids, at-risk youth, right? Because like you said, like they come from a lot of traumatic backgrounds, right? They're not bad kids, they just make bad choices. I mean, so we have to learn to separate the person from the behavior, and when you do that, maybe become very empathetic of them as, as people. I mean, and you see them for what they are. That's awesome. I mean, so. And Mr. Thomas was just able to join us. Um, could you please introduce yourself and um, tell us a little bit about why you are in the YOP? All right, uh, thank you for having me here, first of all. And um, I, I'm in the YOP because I want to change myself. and. Um, I want to help change others too, you know? And um, me, I guess I can just start off by saying I'm a writer. You know, I've been incarcerated since 2017. I'm currently 25 right now. And um, it's funny, I didn't really start rehabilitating myself till like two years ago, which is when I got involved with the YLP program. Because once you're first into incarceration, it doesn't really seem like there's anything like positive out there for you, you know? And then like just to see actual staff to tell, tell you like, there's more than this, rather than just stick what you got going because you're going to go back anyway. It says so much. You know, that's why I really am appreciative of Miss Alva. Like, you look at Miss Alva and she looks at you like a person and sees the growth in you and sees more growth that you can become. It's just so inspiring. And, like, not only does it inspire me, I want to inspire others. Like, I go out there in the yard and I'm all like, there's so much more than this. And it's here, you know? I appreciate it. You know, I came here, like, not really knowing anything. Now I got... Now I'm going to college right now. Uh, I should get my degree this semester. I have a book published. I didn't think I was going to write a book, <laughs> you know? And like at the age of 25, you know? And not only does this like spread out to people in here, it spreads out to people out there, you know? Because my sister, she doesn't have her GED yet. But she sees me going to college, now she wants to get her GED, you know? And it's just, it's just more and more expiring, you know? I guess that's the only way I can say it. <laughs> so, that's right. Tell me about your mentor. My mentor Rudy right here is um is he he he's one of a kind you know he's one of a kind because like you know you could tell a person like especially here that's doing it okay because I want to go to board if I say this from board it looks good you know then you got the person that's all like they see who they were when they you know were this age you know and like he's the type of person where he'll sit to the side and, and tell you, hey, look, I know you're doing this, I know you're doing that. He'll call me on my BS, you know? Excuse my French, you know? <laughs> like, no, that's, that's an important skill to have. <laughs> call you know? someone out on their BS. That's yeah. right. You know? And it's just, it, and it just puts me on top and puts me, you know, he, he, he's 
iron sharpens iron. I'll put it that way, yes. you know? And I'm really appreciative. Yeah, thank you, man. You know? Appreciate so, you too, bro. Could you have said no to being his mentor? Yeah. This was completely yeah. volunteer. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. so what, what, if, you, if you don't mind me asking, if you don't mind sharing, what was it? What what works? What was it that made you say, okay, I'll I'll take him? Well, see, that, um, so he is in, involved in one of the classes that we're talking about, right, in the club, right, which is changing lives by understanding beliefs. So you have two facilitators there, which are actually mentors, right? So being in the class, we go through curriculum. So like he was saying, right, we go over the curriculum, we read the paragraphs, we break all the stuff down, right? And we ask him, what do you think about this? Or what do you think? So like if it's a small answer or just a surface, you know, answer, no, 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 no. Tell me about this. I know this is what's going on, you know, explain. And we will just take no for an answer at times, right? Nevertheless, like what Kilbert described, you know, the, the autonomy, you know, it's, it's the, give, give them that, that uh, uh, free will, you know, understanding, you know what, you have the right, right? But nevertheless, challenging them. Right? And that's one of the things that throughout the time, like he just said, he's a writer. He understands. He started digging deep. He started looking you know, deeper, like there's a deeper issue. I, I, I don't see it. It hurts, right? Because it's been challenged, right? But nevertheless, he did the work. You know what I mean? So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it week after week. Awesome. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add about um, the program, about Valley? You know, any... Valley is different. Valley is different. That Valley's needs to be the slogan. I hear it. So, like, I almost expect to see it, like, painted on the sign when you come right. in. Valley right. is different. Yeah. Valley is different. You know? This is, yes, it is. It's life-changing. It's life-changing. I don't think I'd have had this type of growth in Quentin or all the other spots I've been in, because I've been in five different prisons. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and um, this, is, this is different. This is different. The people are different. The staff are different. And the motivation is different, you know? You, motiv you guys are motivated to help us, not for no monetary gain, which people see, you know? Awesome. Great. I agree with him. Yeah. It's changed exactly. my life. Yeah. Yeah. Saved my life. Yes. Yeah. This place. Yeah. It's a, it's a great This program. Place. So um, I'm going to wrap us up with a last question for Miss Alva. So, you know, everyone has expressed their appreciation and that's, um, you know, that's something that I hear a lot when I come here. And also just at Valley, when there's something going on, a new yep. program, it's, she's always involved in it. You could also hit the gate, do your eight. Why don't, why don't you? Why are you so, why do you do this absolutely crazy demanding <laughs> job. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a great question. I know it's not the fame. Oh no, it isn't. No. And definitely not the pay. But um, it, it's a mission of mine. And I've enjoyed working with the youth for years. Prior to CDCR, you know, I worked with, in the boot camp with, with juveniles at a high school. So, And I know they're our future. And so when I made that commitment to CDCR and I put that badge on me, I was going to make a difference. And I know when we got here and Hernandez and I were talking about the youth defenders coming in, we're like, what are we going to do? we got to think outside the box. And the key was the mentors. And then the key to success was the staff. So we're like, what a perfect recipe. So my mission has always been to make it safer and better for all of us. Um, it's, and, and I've been very blessed. And we have a great leadership here. Um, Warden McVeigh is here and um, Mr. Dotson, and I think that that combination, along with all of us together, um, you know, we can be very successful and hopefully lead the state, you know, with, from this prison with an example of the future. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a personal goal of mine, and, and I would not change the, 
<laughs> nothing. I know I work from day to night, but it's worth it because we only got one life. Right. Right. That's right. We got to make it worthwhile. That's right. So that that's why it, it's it's something that's very passionate, near and dear to me. And I always treat it like it's my first day in school, my first day at the academy <laughs> when I come to work. And and my famous words are no worries. There might be a million of them, but yeah. when I say it, I'll, I believe it myself. No I say no worries, no and I tell worries. these guys that. So, And I thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for taking the time. Um, this is CDCR Unlocked, the podcast of the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, coming to you um, on location from Valley State Prison in the beautiful visiting room. Thank you, everybody, uh, for taking the time today. Um, and to our listeners, you can catch us every other week wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can learn more about the department at cdcr.ca.gov. Thank you. <laughs>